Amen. Well, it's wonderful uh, to be back at HT, and particularly today, it, it actually feels weird. It feels like there's something wrong. Um, it's mid-November. We're into the second half of November, and I'm standing in Holy Trinity, Cambridge, with a shirt on and nothing else, and I'm not cold. This is, this is, I, 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 I can't get used to it. Oh, something else for the take, for the, yes, for the, I'm not just wearing a shirt for those that are listening. Thank you, Rupert, for, um, and, and, and also the other thing, the other thing was when, when I got here, I, 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 I was shown round and I can't believe it. I mean, you know. All right, there's, there's rooms for the children and the youth. That's okay. And, and there's a kitchen. That's all right. And, and there's, you know, there's office, new office space. That's all right. But the most amazing thing, you have seven toilets. <laughs> seven. Seven. Gone are the days between services when I was standing in the queue just wondering if I was going to make it in and out before I was due to preach the second time. This is stunningly wonderful. And uh, seriously, seriously, it is absolutely wonderful seeing the transformation and seeing not just the transformation in a building. Uh, in our church, we're looking at doing a whole rebuilding thing. And exactly what Rupert said is what we're, what we're saying and what we believe passionately. This is not for us. This is for those who are not yet part of us. This is for those who haven't yet come in. When we started our church 25 years ago, in the early days, people made sacrifices for those who were not yet part of the church. And, and that's what it's about. It's about the ministry. It's about the ministry. And just talking about ministry, the only negative thing before I get on to the talk is... Um, and I, I, I don't want to inject a note of discord, but, but this new album um, that you're going on about. Um, last night in our church, we launched our new album. <laughs> and, um, and ours was $12.99. And so I come here and yours is $6.99. And I think this is unfair competition. <laughs> and this is... Somewhere there's a subsidy going on, and uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure there should be a law against that. But it's actually wonderful, wonderful, because as well as celebrating uh, what, what's going to happen in the new building, uh, there's already a celebrating what is going on, and that's reflected uh, in, in the music that comes out of this place as well as in many other things. Um, I just want to uh, look this morning at a, a subject that I think, um, it, it's kind of wrong to call it a gift, but I'm going to call it the missing gift in the modern church. We've had a renewal over the last years of, of what's known as the gifts of the Spirit, but there's one gift that I think is missing from the, the Western church, and it's actually increasingly missing in the culture around us. And sadly, we too often reflect the culture, and that is the gift of plodding, the gift of perseverance, the gift of keeping going. 
Uh, it's not the most glamorous of gifts. It's not the one that's the most uh, hip and trendy, uh, but it is totally necessary. It is totally necessary. And we see that there's a problem in our society, in the Western world. I work, I work a lot with young people. And, uh, and so often, uh, that where we get stuck is, is when the going gets tough, they give up. When the going gets tough, it's like, no, it won't work. We, we have brought up a generation that cannot cope with failure. And I want to suggest this morning that failure is good for you. Failure really is good for you. I know those of you that are students and you've got exams coming up, you're going to think he doesn't know what he's talking about. I will explain a little more in a moment. But you know, we've, we've, we've been brought up uh, in these last generations uh, so that ev ev everyone gets a prize. Uh, nobody doesn't win something. And actually what happens is when you get to 18 maybe and you, you, you fail your first exam or you have your heart broken for the first time or you don't get the job that you wanted or, or, or whatever it is, so often, so often people come crashing down. And actually what, what the Lord wants to do in us is he wants us to relearn to relearn the gift of perseverance. Because what I've seen uh, is that the prize does not go so often. It doesn't go to the most gifted. It doesn't go to the most able. It doesn't even go to the most anointed. So often the prize goes to the one who's still there at the end, to the one who sticks it out. And uh, uh, we, see, we see this um, in the world around us. Um, uh, if you look at some of the, the, the heroes uh, of, our, of our time, of the last years, J.K. Rowling, who is now a, a billionaire, she's uh, the richest author I read in the world right now. Well, certainly, yeah, I think she is the richest author in the world. But do you know that before she had her first success with the first Harry Potter book, she struggled and she failed and failed and failed. She was a single mum, bringing up, I think it was two little children, not knowing where the money was going to come from. She wrote manuscripts. She sent them to publishers. They came back rejected again and again and again. Can you imagine if she had given up just before she sent the first Harry Potter book through? We don't realize what she went through and how she kept going. Uh, in, in, our recent, in our history, uh, Winston Churchill, our great um, wartime prime minister, is regarded as, as one of our greatest ever prime ministers. But do you know, before he was the great success, he was the great failure. I read a book a while ago, Winston Churchill, The Wilderness Years. There was a time, I mean, he swapped political parties twice. Um, uh, he was out in the wilderness. His version of what was going on in the world was not accepted. Uh, he was rejected, but he didn't give up. And I don't know if this is an apocryphal story or if it's true. If it's not true, it should be true. That's a bit of Donald Trump for you. Um, <laughs> if this is, uh, I don't know if this is a true fact or an alternative fact. Uh, but apparently, uh, after he finished as prime minister the last time, uh, he was invited as an old man in his 80s 
to go to his old school, Harrow School, where he wasn't a great success as a pupil. And he was invited to go back to do the assembly. And they were all excited that the great old man was going to come and speak at their assembly. They gave him the welcome. He got up and apparently he stood there and he said this. I'm going to recite his whole speech. He said this. Never give up. Never give up. Never give up. And then he sat down. And then he sat down. Now, if it was anyone else, they'd have asked for their money back. But the fact was that he lived it. And, and now I'm just going to just briefly talk about uh, the greatest of all role models in this, in the secular world. The, the, the human being who has, who has modeled this uh, throughout human history better than any other human being. Sir Alex Ferguson. Sir Alex Ferguson did not know how to quit when he was the manager of Manchester United. For over 20 years, he built three different teams. Three different teams, not one, not two, but three, who won everything. What he achieved will never be emulated in the history of the universe. And who can forget, who can forget the 1999 season? When, when Manchester United, this is really important, uh, when Manchester United won the treble, we won, we won, we won uh, the Premier League title. Then we won the FA Cup. Do, does anyone else remember the semi-final against Arsenal when, when we were about to lose and, and then Ryan Giggs scored that incredible goal? Does anyone else, is, is there anyone, an amen there, an amen, I knew a man of God there, another man of God there. And, and then another man, thank you, thank you, I see those hands. And, 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 then, and then we got to um, the new Camp Stadium in Barcelona where we played Bayern Munich. And we were one nil down, and they hit the he hit the, uh, the the crossbar twice, and we were in the last minute of the match. We were one nil down, and I, everybody in the country was watching it in pubs and they parties. Not me. I was on my own in my house. I was invited to lots of pubs, but I couldn't bear it. I sat, I knelt in front of the TV, and I was there. I couldn't do it with other people. It was too personal. Personal. It was too private. It was too precious a moment. And with a minute to go, we were one nil down. And then we get a corner and David Beckham takes the corner. And Clive Tilsley, the commentator, he said these words exactly. Can Manchester United score? They always score. And then David Beckham kicked the ball in and Teddy Sheringham put it in the back of the net now everyone was expecting extra time but they didn't they reckoned without a team that doesn't know how to give up and in time added on Ole Gunnar Solskjaer the super sub came on just a moment of silence for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer <laughs> and 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 Beckham uh, uh, put, put the ball in the penalty area Oli Gunnar stuck his foot out. It went in the back of the net in time added on. It is a moment 
that will live in the history of the world. <laughs> he didn't know how to quit, and he instilled that into his team. How much more in the church of Jesus should we learn the gift of perseverance? Should we grow in the gift of perseverance? Uh, just a couple of examples really quickly uh, from the life of the church. One of my heroes is uh, William Carey. And William Carey, as some of you know, was the founder of the modern missionary movement. Uh, he's famous for, he went out to India and uh, he spent the best years of his life in India. He founded a missionary society. He translated the scriptures into Indian dialects and other languages. Many followed him onto the mission field. In fact, if you go to many theological colleges now, uh, the, the missions wing is called the Carey Wing after him. You know, he's regarded as one of the great successes, as one of the great heroes of the faith. But do you know, before he became a success, he was a total failure. His marriage was a complete disaster. In fact, his wife spent her last years um, uh, in a lunatic asylum, as they called it in those days. At least one of his children uh, died in the plague. He contracted a skin disease that meant that all his hair came out permanently. Um, uh, he, the, his skin disease was such that um, if his skin was in direct sunlight for any length of time, uh, they would, it would go blotchy and it would go really painful. Um, he became pastor of a Baptist church. After I think it was two years, they asked him to leave because his preaching was so boring that people were leaving and the church shrunk under his leadership. And then William Carey applied to go as a missionary. And the missionary society looked at his CV and they said, no, thank you. But he would not give up because he believed in the call of God. And he ended up in India. And the rest is history. And do you know, when William Carey was dying towards the end of his life, he knew that people were waiting for when he died to write his biography. And one of the people was his son-in-law. And before he died, he said to his son-in-law, um, if after I die, anyone should want to write my story, and they would ask the question, what was Mr. Carey's greatest gift? I would that they would answer, Mr. Carey's greatest gift was that he was a plodder. Was that he was a plodder. He didn't know how to quit. He didn't know how to give up. And that is what made the difference. I, I wasn't going to mention this, but we just sang two songs from my, my friend Matt Redmond. And uh, one of those songs, uh, Blessed Be Your Name. Uh, uh, you give and take away, you give and take away. My heart will choose to say, blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when the sun's shining down on me, when the world is all as it could be. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when I'm going through, was it the, the, the desert, the wilderness, when I can't remember how it goes, but, but in the tough times, I will choose to say, blessed be your name. You know what? Those songs that Matt wrote, they're not just songs that he sat there and thought, well, let me compose a song on this theme. Uh, when Matt was seven years old, his father uh, committed suicide. Um, uh, his stepfather did things uh, 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 in the home that meant that he was jailed. 
Um, I know all this because Matt was in my youth group from when he was 13. And I had to walk through all this with him. And, and he has known tragedy. He has known pain. But you know what? He t in the worst times, he turned not away from God, but to God. And he never quit. He never quit. And uh, God has used his songs and his life to make a difference to many, many others. We just read uh, from uh, James uh, chapter 1, verse, verse 2. It's a crazy verse. It's a crazy, it's a crazy reading. James says, consider it pure joy, my dear brothers and sisters, when you face trials of various kinds. Now, if you just stop there, what a ridiculous statement. Consider it pure joy when you face trials of various kinds. What are you talking about, James? You know, my cat's been run over. Hallelujah. My house has burnt down. Oh, oh, joy. What are you talking about? Consider it pure joy, my dear brothers and sisters, when you face trials of various kinds. For the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. The testing of our faith develops perseverance. That's how perseverance grows. Not, not, by, not by hiding from failure, but by facing failure. By having, by, uh, by having our faith tested. And what's the goal? The goal is that we might be mature and complete not lacking anything. That's, that's the aim. That's the goal. That is God's purpose. Now, believe me, I know, I know how hard that is. It's probably one of the hardest things to teach on because we live in a world of pain. And I, I just want you to know, I know what that's like as well. I, 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 for me, my growing up years were a horror story. Uh, life was really tough in all sorts of ways. Uh, my, it, it doesn't matter why, but it, it was. And, and I've known that there have been prayers that I prayed for years that have not been answered. Uh, there have been disappointments I've had. Uh, uh, there's been times when things that I longed for, that I thought the Lord was saying, did not come to pass. And now, um, at my advanced years, my body is not always doing what my brain tells it to do. It will happen to all of you at some stage. But you know what? I know what that's like. But in the midst of that, there is still the truth. And the truth is, God wants to develop perseverance in us. Because perseverance can, can change everything. How does perseverance develop? What is the goal? The goal is maturity and completeness. The goal is that we not lack anything. How do we grow in perseverance? Here's three scriptures, all from Hebrews, the letter to the Hebrews. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36, we read this. The writer says, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. We persevere, we learn perseverance when we realize there's a prize. What's the prize? Is it, is it a big fat check? Is it a Mercedes? Is it a bigger house? No, the prize is himself. 
The prize is the Lord himself. Do you know what the Lord said to Abraham more than once? I am your shield and your very great reward. I am your very great reward. We come closer to him. He is the prize. When we see him, then we have courage to keep going. We have courage to persevere. In Hebrews 11:27, the writer says about Moses, he persevered because he saw him who is invisible. Before it all came right, in fact, it came right and it went wrong and it came right. If you read the life of Moses, it was a roller coaster. But, but Moses persevered, why? Because he saw him who is invisible. Do you know, in the toughest times, in the, in the lowest times, in the worst times, pray for revelation. Pray that you would see him who is invisible because seeing him uh, changes everything. I'm not saying it makes it easy. I'm saying it gives it purpose. It gives it purpose. And then, this is amazing. Hebrews 12 verses 1 to 2. The writer says this, and let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. How do we do that? By fixing our eyes on Jesus who is both the pioneer and perfecter, the starter and the finisher of our faith. And, and, and what, what do we fix our eyes on when we fix our eyes on Jesus? We fix our eyes on the Jesus who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Now we've had, that's the second time joy has been mentioned in the scripture. Consider it pure joy, my dear brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, Consider Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. And you know, I don't know another way of learning to endure, of growing in perseverance without joy. Without joy. Without practicing joy. Without, without receiving the joy of the Lord. You know, there's a, a wonderful verse in Nehemiah that I've been meditating on, meditating on the last four months. The joy of the Lord is my strength says Nehemiah, the joy and the joy of the Lord can be our strength in the depth of suffering, in, 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 in the worst of trials, in the failures, in the seeming not understanding. The joy of the Lord in those times can be our strength. I don't know how it how it comes together. I just know that it does come together. I know that it can come together. And, and all these things are, that I've been talking about so far, it's about seeing the Lord. Seeing the Lord in the midst of our pain. Seeing the Lord in the midst of our disappointment. But there's one other really practical thing that I end on, uh, which helps us to persevere. And that is to also realize that we're very, very human and that God made us human. And as people who are human, sometimes we need to rest. There's a Sabbath principle. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, I've been useless at this. And I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to learn a whole new way. I'm trying to learn. And there is a verse 
that I never saw until recently in this way. Of course I did, I read it many times, but it just hit me. Uh, in Mark 6, 31, uh, it says, the context is, Jesus saw, they came back and they reported to Jesus, the disciples, all that they'd been doing, and Jesus saw that they were tired. So listen to what he says to them. He says, come with me to a quiet place by yourselves and get some rest. I want to break that down. Come with me. Come with me. With me. To a quiet place. Even if you're an extrovert. To a quiet place. By yourselves. By yourselves. And get some rest and get some rest. And it's not just physical rest, it's emotional rest, it's, it, it's, it's, it's spiritual rest. Come with me to a quiet place by yourselves and that's where you'll get rest to continue the journey. I have noticed that those who God has used in wonderful ways invariably have been the ones that have kept going. I mentioned William Carey, I mentioned Matt, Jackie Pullinger, if anyone's read her book Chasing the Dragon, you know that before the miracle started happening, she prayed for people and nothing happened. She prayed for people and nothing happened. She talked to people and no one became a Christian, but she kept going. Those of you that are of my generation, anyone remember the cross and the switchblade? Please someone say yes. Thank goodness. Uh, you know the story of David Wilkerson who went to the slums of New York in those days and he went to the gangs. And you remember the story at the beginning for quite a while it was failure upon failure upon failure but he didn't give up because he saw him who is invisible. And the story ends wonderfully. And the last, last person I will mention, and I'll shut up, John Wimber, who some of us owe a real debt. Uh, he taught us about praying for healing. He taught us about praying, uh, being open to the Spirit. You know, when he got a conviction that the ministry of the Spirit in that way was for today, he uh, preached on it for nine months every Sunday in his church. And every Sunday... Um, he invited people up for prayer and they prayed for people and not one person got healed in nine months. In his words, they got sick praying for the sick because they started catching their germs and their diseases. And people started saying to him, they started saying to him, you know what, you've got to stop preaching on it because it doesn't work. This is embarrassing. This is humiliating. People are leaving the church. And, and John, uh, towards the end, he went to the Lord and he said, Lord, I'm not going to do this anymore. You don't back up your act. I preach your word and you don't do it. And uh, I'm, I'm not going to do this anymore. And he heard the Lord say to him, uh, either preach my word, John, or get out. And John Wimber's response was, what exactly do you mean by out? Out of the church? Out of the king? What do you mean by out? He didn't get a reply, but he kept going. 
And then everything turned around. I don't know why, but I think perseverance is possibly the ultimate act of faith in a God who never gives up on us. What's that song that we sing? You never give up. You never, you know that. You never what? You never, you never let go. You never give up on us. Something like that. You worship leaders. You've done an album. You can't even remember the words of the song. I mean, I don't know. He never gives up on us. And that gives us the courage to go forward. That gives us the courage. And this church, this community, is in a, a wonderful place. God has blessed you. God has done many wonderful things. I've had the joy over the last 11 years of observing it. Every time I come, it's like, oh my goodness. But you know what? There's so much more. There's so much more. Keep going. Never give up. Never give up. Never give up. There's a Norwegian proverb that says, a hero is someone who holds on one minute longer. One minute longer. Never give up. Fix your eyes on Jesus. On Jesus.